0: Hello, my name is Melanie Clark, and this is the podcast where I give my shiny two cents about life, love, and all of the above. You are now tuned in to Vodka Melonade. Let me pour you a glass. What's up guys, welcome back to another episode of Vodka Melonade. So, aliens were confirmed this week Super casually, out of nowhere In an official congressional hearing And I don't really know how I feel about that I didn't watch the entire thing I just saw clips on my news source of TikTok And there was just a couple of takeaways that I got from it you know, the main thing being that <laughs> These non-human beings, as the guy kept calling them He doesn't really want to call them extraterrestrial or aliens They exist, they exist And, the con- you know, the government has been aware of it For decades and decades and decades And they just haven't been officially revealing it to the public until now why now I have no idea but this guy was basically a whistleblower he works for the government and he was just telling as much as he could publicly Um, I can only imagine what he told privately because he did say a couple of times when they were asking him questions he was like "Um, I'm not comfortable or "I I can't discuss that right now in the open but I can definitely tell you that in private so he would say stuff like that so a couple of things that he mentioned were that they, they being the government has recovered um, vessels from these non-human beings. And they said that they're not coming from above, like from planet Mars or up in the sky in the, in the universe or whatever, um, up in space, that they are coming from the ocean. So that was like, oh my God. And I don't know if I mentioned it or not, or if I thought I mentioned or if I wanted to. I probably have. I've done quite a few of these shows now. But I remember hearing that NASA was originally created to explore the oceans. But once they got started, they suddenly switched to exploring space. (laughs) And you know, when I read this, it was kind of implying that whatever they saw down there in the ocean was so scary that they immediately began to figure out ways to get off of the earth and get into other You know, areas of the universe, right? But then part of me was thinking realistically, like, well, you know, NASA's been around for a very long time. I mean, we're way ahead technology wise now, and we still can't get down to the oceans very easily so imagine back then the ocean is very deep you know there's a lot of pressure down there there's only so much you can see and do so maybe that's why they decided to go the other direction but now I'm like well now this kind of makes sense if that's where these vessels are being found and these I'm going to call them aliens where these aliens are coming from now the guide just dis- um described the vessels these crafts um as being a sphere with a square inside of it so a big sphere with a square with the points of the square touching the sides of the circle right and inside of these um they've recovered alien bodies dead alien bodies don't know why or how they came to be dead but they are I was also under the impression of what he was saying, from what he was saying that there are still some aliens being kept and held. Um they've been communicating with them. The aliens have, you know, expressed that, you know, they are very 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 technologically advanced far more than us, you know, billions of years ahead of us, which makes sense because I've always said like there's just no way that we as a human race are the only intelligent life in existence right now that has ever been or will ever be. That just doesn't really make any sense. (laughs) So I'm not really surprised there, but I mean, to have people openly talking about the existence of aliens, it's a little disturbing, but it's also crazy that once I kind of had like a mini panic about it for a couple of minutes, I went right back to just regularly schedule programming <laughs> because I feel like we just as people we have so much other crap going on and then a lot of times you know the government will pull stuff like this to distract us from other things so it's like okay I mean they're not saying we need to like hunker down and prepare for like an alien war or anything so like you know okay cool thanks for the information like I still got things I got to take care of this guy he made a flow chart because there's so much catastrophic once in a lifetime crap happening in our lives particularly millennial lives there's just one thing after another and this is just one more thing and in my mind I'm like Jesus like what's gonna be that thing that's gonna break us and really send us into a complete tailspin? I feel like we're almost numb to stuff like this. This guy made this flow chart. He was like, I, I made this because everything these things keep happening and I need to kind of manage my stress levels about it sometimes. So this is what I made. So basically when something comes up, he <laughs> he asks himself, okay Do I have to go to work tomorrow? Yes or no? Because of this thing, is it going to cause me to have to not go to work tomorrow? If I still have to go to work tomorrow, this shit doesn't matter. If I do, then I ask myself, okay, is rent still due? (laughs) Do I have to go to work and is rent still due? If rent is still due, then this shit doesn't matter. (laughs) But if rent isn't due and I don't have to go to work, then yeah, this matters because that means that's something, this is really important and significant that's going on. (laughs) And I thought that's so true. It's like, if I think about it too hard and too long, then it does kind of freak me out a little bit because it's like, okay, now what? You know, like, are they, do they come in peace? Like, is revealing i mean are they just like among us you know like what do they look like or you know are they gonna pop up in a congressional hearing soon like just what does this mean so i don't know but then you know you gotta carry on with your life you you do you do gotta go to work you do have to make money you do have bills to pay it's about to be the first of the month like rent is due next tuesday like (laughs) we don't really have time for this so you know Unless they expect us to do something with this information, they pretty much could have kept it to themselves. That's why I'm partially wondering if they just told us this and they're just keeping this, you know, buzzing around this week to cover up something else. Because to me, that seems more plausible than anything else. Uh, So like everything else, I guess we'll just keep an eye on it. I, I don't know what else what else we can do I just you know I don't know I will be enjoying the memes because there's always good memes (laughs) so women are like thank god we have another uh, species (laughs) intelligent species to choose from because the men on earth are just pointless (laughs) like that's pretty funny they're like they're probably over six feet and blah 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 I'm like oh my god so I guess that's just our way of coping. You know, we can't again. We can't take anything seriously. Um, but yeah, that that was like the big thing this week that <laughs> was a big buzz. And it's it's like it's like things are not even real anymore. It's it's just I, it's not a good thing feeling numb to stuff like this. But I tell you, our generation is. We're just overloaded with unprecedented times. Okay, can we get a break, please? <laughs> Anyhow, so in the vein of carrying on with my life, <laughs> this week I actually took my coworker to Crayon barbecue on Tuesday night after work and she'd never been before and I was like, you know, I feel like it's just one of my greatest pleasures and like a non-official duty of mine to take people who've never been and experience that with them. Plus it doesn't hurt to have more people in my, you know, circle who enjoy Korean barbecue because that just increases my pool of people to pull from when I want to go because unfortunately, and it's his one true and greatest flaw Lou does not really vibe with Korean barbecue. I've overlooked this and him. Love him anyway, but it's true. (laughs) And, you know, you can't go by yourself, which, you know, believe me, I've looked into. You cannot go by yourself. You need at least two people. So introducing someone to it and getting them on board with it is just a win for me. All, you know, all the way around. So she enjoyed it. We went over to Roll to Soul over on... Washington and Western and I like that place um I've only been there a couple of times before a while ago and I remember when I was the last time I was there the parking lot was like jam-packed I feel like it was very nearly only valet I think or you would just have to park on the street but now they've opened up the back and you can park in the back now and there's like plenty of uh, parking which is great um so we went, we were there for a couple of hours and she enjoyed it. Um, any girl who can, you know, toss back a bunch of, uh, spicy pork belly is, uh, you know, cool with me. So <laughs> we got along perfectly. And now I have a new KBBQ friend. So, that was awesome it was kind of scary at the end though when we were leaving the lot Um, we both drove there after work and took our own cars and we parked now in the back like you pull up and you're kind of going up this steep hill from the street like you make a ride into the lot and it's like immediately an incline and then you park and you have to put your you know emergency brake on because you're really I mean it could just literally slip back and so imagine turning right into an inclined parking lot and parking maybe one or two spaces on the top of the hill from the entrance which is where she and i parked so when we got into our cars um you, you have to back up if you can picture it you back up kind of lining up with how you entered and then you go forward to go around to the opposite side to exit So when you're backing up, obviously you're basically backing down a hill. So, you know, when you're putting your car in reverse and then you put it in drive and you take your foot off the brake to hit the gas, like your car is gonna slip a little backwards. So in my mind, I was thinking, okay, when I get ready to go forward, I have to kinda hit the gas a little hard to catch the car before it slips too far back. So it was kind of dangerous. We should have parked like further up, but you know, I don't know why we did not So I'm backing up and I'm, all I'm thinking is I don't want to slip backwards when I, when I go forward, I don't want, I need to hit the gas, you know, quickly and with force to make sure I can hitch up this little hill. So I do that, but I'd forgotten to put it in drive. It was still in reverse, so I'm like, I'm full force going backwards at an angle down a hill, and I'm angling towards the wall of the building, and I swear to God, I caught myself a fraction of a fraction of a millimeter from the wall, didn't hit anything, I, I caught it with the break, but my heart was pounding out of my chest, like from my chest to the front mirror, like, to the to the dash like I swear my heart was just oh my god and my coworker didn't like get out of her car or like call me or text me or anything because she hadn't pulled out yet um so I was like maybe because I was more embarrassed than anything like and just thankful I didn't hit the wall but she didn't say anything so I was like oh good but the next day at work she was like girl she was like, "You almost hit that wall." I was like, "Oh my god, you saw me!" So I guess she had gotten a phone call and she was on the phone with them when it happened, and I pulled off so quickly in shame that you know she just carried on with her conversation. So that was pretty. Uh, I guess I was a little meat drunk, and I don't know. I mean, that's that's never happened to me. It was just so dangerous, and I was gonna tell my mom when it happened. So, oh, Mom, I know you're hearing this now, but I didn't want you to like freak out. But that was, uh, that was pretty bad, pretty bad. So very, very happy and blessed and lucky that, that it ended up in a worse situation. I can't believe I did that. I was just jumping the gun, trying to overcompensate for you know the car kind of going backwards a little bit and completely forgot to change gears. So I <laughs> rode all the way home with the radio off, no music, no nothing, just the drive of shame, driving very carefully let everybody get in front of me. <laughs> I was just I was just very like focused on getting home safely, which I did. So other than that, had a good night. It was interesting going out after work. I am just not that goyle anymore. I, I do not do things after work much that involve me like not being at home <laughs> um, or like stopping off at family to like see them and hang out with them or doing laundry or something like that. Um, so what it was nice to get out. I mean, it was very unlike me. Like I said, we get off work like close to six and then we went straight on. But on the other hand, it was, it was kind of nice. It kind of felt like, the old days when I'm when my energy was bountiful and when I didn't have any rent to pay so I didn't feel like I needed to be at home getting my money's worth because <laughs> most nights I get home like 6 10 you know I'm showered and in my jimmy jams by 6 45 I am like fed by 7 30. I'm watching, you know, some show I've seen a billion times till about nine. Then I get into bed and scroll TikTok or talk to Blue or, you know, whatever the case. And then I get up and go to work because I just feel like, you know, when you work a regular nine to five job and you come home, you have such a short amount of time to yourself before you have to get back up and be at work. So between like six and the time I go to bed, which is like, you know, 11, 12 o'clock or whatever, it's like, it just goes by so fast. So I, I don't really, I usually don't enjoy eating that time up doing other stuff, but you know, this was like a once in a blue moon kind of thing. So I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. And it's nice doing things that I can then later, you know, use for content for the show to talk to you guys about. And that alone has like kind of gotten me to try to do more things and get out a little bit more, if only on the weekends. Um, And this week (laughs) uh, was a particularly busy week where I was like, you know what, I want to do these things um, so I could talk about them on the show. I think, you know, there's things I'm really interested in talking about. So one of those things was seeing Oppenheimer and Barbie. I want to see both of those movies in the same week because there was like this huge discourse about like kind of trying to pit the movies against each other because they came out the same weekend. Like, on one hand, you have this manly American movie about the atom bomb and, you know, the military and whatever. And then you have, like, this quote-unquote girly doll movie, right? So, I think people who were, like, anti-Barbie were just, like, super pro-Oppenheimer. But you didn't really see people who were, like, really into Barbie, like bad mouthing Oppenheimer I mean there's room for all kinds of movies in in you know Hollywood so I don't really get what they're trying to do and it kind of backfired because both camps you know when asked about the other movie they were very supportive and it's like the more the merrier and you know they're they're peers so it's like this is their job and it's just great to have you know good quality Content in the theater at all So just trying to create A battle out of thin air Is just super duper silly So you know it kind of turned Into like a meme situation Where they're calling it bar- like Barbieheimer <laughs> And you know People were seeing both movies You know just to compare Because I mean they're, they have nothing to do With each other but I think they're Pretty well made and have really Well known people in each movie so i just made it my mission to just make time to see both so first up was oppenheimer and it's funny it was such an ordeal because first of all i had to talk blue into seeing it and once i did that we made a date to see it at eight o'clock on wednesday but he ended up getting a call back for an audition. Um, that was going to be running kind of late into the evening. So we scratched that and we didn't go, which was fine. And I had gotten our tickets um, and I ended up getting a refund. Right. So we didn't really pin down like an evening when we'd be able to do it again. So I was like, you know what? I really want to like see this this week so I could talk about it on the show. So I was like, okay, well, babe, I'm going to go after work, like around six something and just go see it. Mind you, it's like a three hour movie, right? So he was getting a little bit of FOMO and he was like, okay, like maybe I can wrap up with work and like meet you there. And I'm like, okay, just let me know. I got us two tickets through Fandango, right? Just in case he was going to be able to make it. Lo and behold, my baby, he gets called okay for these auditions he got another audition for late afternoon he wasn't gonna make it so I was like all right the Fandango won't let you return one ticket if you bought them together you have to like return the whole thing so if you got 10 tickets and one person can't make it you need to find someone to take the ticket or you're gonna have to refund the whole thing which is stupid to me but anyway so what I did was I got Fandango credit for both tickets and then just reused half of those for another ticket for me. Now, mind you, the seating was, you know, you have to select your seats. They show you the screen and whatever. When I was picking my seat, the freaking theater was empty. I picked what I thought were the best seats in the house. Seat, I should say. I was in the middle. This theater is like the screen. There's a chunk of seats. And then there's like a row for the wheelchair access and then there's seats right behind that then there's a gap and then there's more wheelchair access and then the rest of the theater that goes like up the stairs so I was in the little two row thing in the middle with the access and then the normal row I want to say normal row but the non-accessible uh, for, you know wheelchair row right and I'm right in the middle nobody's around me there's nobody else in the theater you look at the thing and there's just one little x that's mine so I chosen this seat like in the morning of Thursday right and something just told me just to take a look at the map of the seats like later on in the afternoon <laughs> and lo and behold some asshole and you know his asshole friend decided to pick the two seats right next to me and the whole theater is still empty but they decided to sit next to me so I'm like uh uh-uh. I get credits again for my ticket and then I repurchase another ticket and I move around. I had to do this four different times because no matter where I put my little ex in that theater, someone was always sitting next to me, even though there was plenty of other seats. And that is such a pet peeve because I try to select seats where there's no one behind me because it never fails. I could be in an empty theater. Someone's going to kick the back of my seat and I don't want to do that in a three-hour movie about a bomb. So... (laughs) I just, I kept shifting my seat, shifting my seat, till finally I ended up by my seat up at the very last row, all the way to the right. I was completely alone over there and it was fine. (sighs) So all that, just to say (laughs) I finally made it to the movie and you know, all systems were go. I got my, my hot dog, my icy, like I was a happy camper. Now to the movie. If you're not familiar with what Oppenheimer is about, it is about Robert Oppenheimer. He is what they call the father of the atomic bomb. He was a physicist, um, you know, a professor who basically was pushing the limits of what you could do with the atom. And um, he worked with an extensive team of, you know, students, Um, And the military to create a hydrogen bomb Which they then later on used on uh, Hiroshima Now He What I gather from the movie which I didn't really realize Was that he didn't necessarily Make this bomb for military use He was just a very curious, smart person um, Who was just trying to see how far science could go And what they could do But you know, as we know, with a lot of white men in power and the government and the military, they see something powerful. They harness it and use it for destruction. Right. So that's basically the essence of the movie. And then it goes into some of the politics and the legal ramifications that came from this bomb. Um, and, you know, you see a lot of trial. like They flash back to a lot of trial um, You know footage with the characters not like actual footage but like you know they 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 go through what the trial was trying to figure out who's responsible because it did a lot of damage to the Japanese people and you know you you see how much it affected Oppenheimer because I mean he didn't really intend for it to be this so anyway overall let me start by saying that I left the movie 20 minutes early (laughs) I left it early but it wasn't because the movie wasn't good it really is good it's done by Christopher Nolan love Christopher Nolan his movies always make me feel very smart and I feel like they're just very stylized and just really well done this was no exception I think I just got too overconfident in my ability. I was riding high off that Korean barbecue (laughs) after work thing that I thought, man, I could go see a three hour movie after work as well. That wasn't the case. I was very, very tired at the end of that day, but I really wanted to get it done. I didn't want to go on Friday because I had plans to hang out with my mom and, you know, here at the house. And I was like, it it just it it was starting to weigh on me as I was sitting there the hot dog was gone the icy was gone and it was like I had nothing else to live for once the bomb went off in the movie right so um but that's not to say that it wasn't good now this movie is completely stacked so many incredible actors were a part of this movie Killian Murphy Florence Pugh Robert Downey Jr., Emily Blunt, Rami Malek, Jack Quaid, Matt Damon, Josh Peck, Josh Hartnett who I didn't even okay when Josh Hartnett's character came on stage on stage came on the screen I would in my mind I was like wow he looks like Josh Hartnett but my mind could not let me believe that it really was because he kind of looked like him but to be fair I haven't seen Josh Harden in a very, very long time. Like, you know, I'm not saying he hasn't been working, but I just haven't really laid eyes on him in a while. So obviously he's a lot more mature than like my last vision of him. (laughs) So I don't know. And then his voice sounded so different it didn't sound like him at all like he really transformed but man is he still hot now that I realized it was him but it took me a good 30 minutes and you know finally pulling my phone out to look that I was like oh my god that is Josh Harden (laughs) so um you have Gary Oldman Casey Affleck um who else do we have here Tony Goldwyn was in it and I'm just like oh my god and I swear it was like every other scene someone was popping out that I didn't even realize was in this movie it's funny how Rami Malek is in it um he was I don't know if you're familiar but he played uh Freddie Mercury in the biopic um, but I know him from Twilight. <laughs> he was in Twilight, and as some people may know him from Mr. Robot, I believe that show is called. But he's a very interesting character, but he's pretty famous. Um he's a well known actor. I believe he's a household name at this point, but he had like one line in this whole movie, and it was just funny, and he just he was just kinda in the background, and I feel like they could have given that part to anyone, but yeah I just thought that was interesting I guess he's just not above taking a role but you know being in a Christopher Nolan movie in any capacity is nothing to sneeze at so I guess I don't really blame him but yeah I feel like you know the chemistry between the characters was there I feel like Robert Downey Jr. completely transformed I mean good god I was very impressed with his performance um and let me just say now, I'm definitely going to have to go back and watch this movie again, or maybe just wait till I can stream it and give it another shot um, and not be so tired because I, I really was like, I, and I was getting a little distracted in some points. And I was like texting family, texting Blue, like they're asking me how was it, or, you know, as I'm in the movie. And, you know, not their fault because I, you know, I didn't have to respond, but yeah, I was just a little distracted. But,. Yeah, I, I feel like the cast was really strong. The writing was really well done. It was a little lengthy. I mean, after a certain point, I was like, "Please just set this bomb off already!" Like, and then I thought that was it, but there was still like 45 minutes left after that. So it was—it's was, you, you really gotta commit to this, you know. But I do like period pieces, you know, ones that are historically accurate at that. Um you know, so I, I enjoyed it for that aspect. Um, and I don't know if you're a fan of boobs, Florence Pugh shows her boobs a bunch, so there's that. <laughs> uh, kind of caught me off guard how many times and for how long they're just like looking at you. Um, but you know, there's that. Uh, I think she's a really good actress. I may have to kill her though, because I think. Blue has a uh, semi-crush on her, so we'll, we'll see how, how much longer I let her walk the streets, but, <laughs> and I'm glad he wasn't there, because his eyes would have popped out of his head, and then we would have had a problem, so, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, but, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel bad that I didn't finish the movie, because I don't really know how it ends. Um, I was going to look it up, just to tie it up for myself, but, um, I didn't want to be a phony I want to let you guys know I did not finish that damn movie at all And, um, I walked out I walked out, I got in the car, and I went home And I got into bed, because it was already, you know, close to Freaking, I don't know, it was almost 10 o'clock at that point And I still had to get up and go to work on Friday morning, so Yeah, um, yeah I guess that's all I have to say about Oppenheimer when it comes to my movie watching experiment I am definitely way more excited for Barbie but I do not see Barbie until after this will already be up so my review on Barbie is to come next week and that's better because I feel like I have more to say um, just about the marketing in general for Barbie and you know, I'm pretty sure my review is going to be much more involved and I'm actually going to stay through to the end for that one. (laughs) So check that out next week. I wanted to see it a little early, but I'm going with my friend and, um, Sunday is the day that we uh, decided on, which is totally fine totally down we're also going to a theater um a new one it opened up this month in Inglewood so we'll see how that goes and I'll give my review on that theater as well Uh, give my recommendation or not we'll see (laughs) hopefully you guys tune in for that and hopefully you guys enjoyed my lukewarm review of Oppenheimer um do I recommend it um yeah like the first two hours of it for sure the last hour is a little iffy though but you know you guys should come to your own conclusions on that <laughs> either way I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up here guys I hope you guys enjoyed love coming on here and sharing my experiences and all my two cents with you guys all right y'all take care I'll catch you next time bye Hey, guys, if you made it this far, thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. From the bottom of my heart, I truly appreciate it. Now, there's a new episode every Sunday. So be sure to come on back for another round of vodka melonade. Bye.